Hi everyone, my name is Marilyn Zachauer and I'm the CEO of Cosmic Centaurs. This is the Center Stage Podcast. A show where I invite incredible guests to come explore bold ideas about the future of work and learning with me. And today's guest couldn't be bolder. When I first met Adam, I was so inspired by his energy and his creativity and his grit. I watched all the videos of him speaking, listened to podcasts where he'd been a guest, and found that there were so many pearls of wisdom in everything that Adam talked about. You see, Adam is a 10-year-old public speaker, innovator, learning enthusiast, and thought leader. He's one of the youngest TEDx speakers in the world, and he's spoken at 14 major conferences, such as JITEX and Dubai Future Week. Adam is also an All Academy alumni, and he's currently the youngest innovator at the Knowledge Society's Virtual Global Program. And he attends both primary and secondary school. Adam's mantra in life is ability, not age. He's really passionate about reforming the traditional education system, which sometimes can limit people based on random factors and without really looking at their individual capacity to learn, to grow, to contribute. He also wants to inspire others to find their voice and to make a difference at any age. And when I say at any age, I really mean it. He doesn't just speak to kids his age. When I listened to him, I felt inspired to do and to be more. And that's because Adam feels very passionately about learning. He really wants every single person to be able to pursue whatever opportunity or pathway they want. And he has made it his mission to inspire them to do that. It's truly inspirational how Adam pursues knowledge, feeds his curiosity, and quite simply applies to things. His energy is infectious, and I will not delay you any longer from experiencing it yourself. Here's my conversation with Adam. Hi, Adam. How are you doing today? Great. How about you? I'm good, thank you. I'm really excited to have you here. And I know that we have a lot of people in the audience who are so happy to see you with us today. And I'm sure we'll have many interesting questions for you. You know, I was preparing for this episode and on the one hand, it's just 30 minutes and there are so many things that I wanted to discuss with you. And you've done some incredible things over the past few years, but also I'm just always in awe of your energy, your enthusiasm to accomplish things. And I find you really inspirational. You know, I wake up and say, if Adam can do all of these things, maybe I can, you know, be more positive about my day and, and get on and do something important today. I decided we're going to be talking about both those things. Let's start with your mantra, ability, not age. Tell me about it. Tell me, where did you come up with this mantra? And, and what was your experience that led you to say that? Yeah, so first I'll start off by explaining what ability not age is in essence it's basically the fact that people should learn based on their ability and capability and what they can do versus whatever year they happen to be in or like what age they are and so what led me to discover it was actually when i was applying for a job at hypixel when i was eight years old i found out that the minimum age restriction was 16 years old for that particular role I was just like, if I if I can do this, well, why am I not able to? And that's what led me to come up with it. Did you end up finding a way to apply? Actually, yes, I continued forward with my application, although unfortunately it got rejected because of my age. 
Yeah, so we still have some people to convince. Tell me about some examples of of how you have been able to maybe gain access to more opportunities. I know that you do both primary and secondary, so your school has supported you in that approach. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you're you are able to apply ability, not age, in your own life. Well, one example is that I have applied for the Knowledge Society last year, and you know, the Knowledge Society is really cool. It's basically the Olympics for education, but their age limit was 14. You had to be 14 to get into the program. I found the email of the co-founder of the Knowledge Society and decided to write him a message for them to interview me fair and square, no favors asked. And if I made it, I made it, which luckily I did. And as for my school, um, they have really been very supportive with me. I'm very thankful that they allowed me to even do, you know, primary and secondary school at the same time. Here's what it has looked like and looks like at the moment. In year four, I was doing year 10 innovation. In year five, I was doing year nine physics, chemistry and biology. And right now, I'm in year 10 physics, prepping for my GCSEs next year, which I'll be taking. And I'm in also in year 9 chemistry. That's pretty incredible. And you're going to be taking a really hard test, right? The GTSEs. Tell me how you feel about tests. I know you shared a story with me about one day uh, where you took a test and, and it was a special moment. Do you want to share that with me? Yeah, sure. I'd love to share that. So one day, my mom and my sister were away. And so it was only me and my dad. And we got the days mixed up for my secondary school and accidentally went on a day that we weren't supposed to. And so we walked into the class. The teacher, he said, the class is taking a test today. You came on the wrong day. Do you want to join in or do you want to just go to your own thing in primary? And so I said, well, I'm here anyway. Let's do it. And I joined. And using only logic, I got 75% of that test. That's pretty impressive. Sometimes you just got to try something like you don't you shouldn't set yourself up for failure. You could have said, oh, no, I haven't studied. There's no way I'm going to pass this test. But I, I think part of what is really inspiring about you is you're just you're willing to give it a try. You know, you talk a lot about reimagining education, you know, starting from this ability, not age. Last week, we had a guest called Helen El Uzezi, and what she does and she creates programs for students uh, that are a little bit younger than you, I think uh, start at, starting at seven or eight years old. And those programs are meant to help students learn about entrepreneurship and how to build businesses and how to scale it. I was wondering, is that something you know you wish you could get more of? But also, what are some of the other things you wish you could learn? Honestly, Helen, if you're listening, great job with that. I really think that that is the way to go for the future of education. So we have uh, a lot of examples of like things that cover different topics, like Academy and TKS are like really great. Is there a topic that's your favorite out of those things that you're you're learning in Academy, for example? Academy and TKS have both taught me a lot of things, and I can't necessarily pick a favorite. So I'll share a few of them. So there's brain-computer interfaces, there's Ikigai from Academy, there's biomimicry, blockchain, nanotech. Oh my gosh, it's been amazing, even AI. That's pretty incredible. And everybody's sending us messages about how much they love your t-shirt. I just thought I would let you know. When you first came on, I was like, wait, what's written on there? Do you want to tell everybody how this t-shirt is designed? It's spelling out sarcasm with elements of the periodic table. Argon, there's calcium, and there's Samaria. 
Beautiful. I'm I'm impressed you even know those. I was not like a great chemistry student. I loved physics, but I was really not that great at chemistry. Someone's asking us from the audience, Ahmad's asking, can you tell us how much of the time you spend kind of learning things on your own versus being taught by teachers, if you had to guess? Well, I'm very curious. So basically anytime that I'm at home, I learn something. <laughs> And in school, I'm taught by teachers, so I learn more things, and I'm just like, yay! Yeah, I think that's pretty incredible. I always say that. I mean, there's a there's a saying I think from Satya Nadella. Like he says, you shouldn't hire know-it-alls. You should hire learn-it-alls because the world is changing anyways, really, really fast. And you can you can never make sure that you know everything you need to know. But what matters is if you're willing to be curious and and to go and find the information that you need. You know, you're really exemplifying that. You know, we've talked about you know, gaining access to content based on your ability and not your age. We've talked about some of the topics that you think are really interesting, that you're creating a space for you to learn about outside of core curriculum at school. Are there other elements of like how we learn and where we learn? I know that when you and I met, we spoke about how gaming can, you know, be integrated in learning. We talked a little bit about Minecraft. And I think that uh, for one of your classes, you used Minecraft to do something really special to replace the way that people get tested, right? Do you want to tell us about that? Definitely. So there was this one Sunday in particular, I remember that. On that Sunday, my physics teacher in year nine asked me to build a Minecraft maze for replacement of the test. And it was supposed to have a question at each junction. And if you pick the right answer, you could move on. But if you pick the wrong answer, you could be faced with either of these things. You could be trapped in a box with no way of getting out. You could be crossing a bridge that below is lava because, well, Minecraft physics, am I right? And so many different things. And it was really fun for them and myself. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine how different it would be to pass a test playing a game versus in front of, you know, that paper or the computer screen with questions that are stressful and in an environment that is different. There's a few questions from the audience. Raya's asking, what's your favorite way to learn something new? My favorite way to learn something new is by accidentally stumbling on it. Because there was this one time where I was scrolling through my YouTube recommended and I found out about the brachistochrone curve, which is the fastest way that an object can travel from an elevated point A to point B. And I just randomly found that out and I was amazed by it. So yeah, I hope that answered your question. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, I think like this kind of uh, learning in an unstructured way is really beautiful because when you go into a labyrinth of knowledge, you never know actually. And it's it's quite telling, you know, the Minecraft story is similar. Like as you're digging through and walking through this labyrinth, you never know what's around the corner. I do also find, even for me, that when I learn in that way, I tend to keep the knowledge for longer versus when I'm only trying to find an answer to a question because of a client or I also follow a few classes and someone gave me an assignment or asked me a question. I might Google it and find the answer and be able to answer them very quickly, but I won't remember it for very long. But when I'm stumbling upon things and allowing myself to be amazed and surprised, that's when I find that I will remember the information a little bit more. Noor Dean in the audience is asking a question that maybe is a little bit difficult, but let's see. They ask, what do you think is more difficult, learning or unlearning and why? Wow, that is a really good question. And I think that personally for me, 
unlearning is more difficult because I'm very curious. So just, you know, learning, it comes naturally to me necessarily. I find this one topic, let's say it's like autonomous vehicles. Whoa, I'm learning about it constantly, right? So unlearning is, I think, really the trickiest part. It gets harder with age, trust me. It, you know, the more you think you know something, the harder it is to think for a minute that you you might be wrong or that there might be new information you need to take in and change your mind about something. Antoinette asks, what do you do in your free time? If I'm done with all the stuff that I have to do, I make time for socializing and, you know, playing with my friends and, you know, just doing extracurriculars like tennis and I do golf as well. So I'm really active in my spare time. Yeah, I heard you play golf and I was amazed. I tried to play golf once Maybe I should try again because once might not have been enough. I just couldn't hit the ball. <laughs> I guess I don't have very good coordination. Adam, you know, in pre preparing for this, I listened to a podcast episode on the STEM cast with Latif Al-Khalifa. And I think everybody should go and listen to that episode. It was really, really super interesting. And there is something that you said that really struck with me. And, and I wanted us to talk about it because I think that when you're born with a certain talent, you know, no matter what that talent is, in your case, you're like a super smart person who can learn really fast. It is very easy to just say, oh, but Adam, he's different. He's smart. Everything's easy for him. Oh, he can go pass a test and, and he can get 75% without having studied. But I also know that you work really hard and you just said it, right? You said, if I'm done with everything else that I have to do, then I can find time for socializing or playing or golf or tennis. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about how you kind of organize yourself and how you think about that working hard. You're, done, you're not just born with all this talent, but you've also spent so much time perfecting it and learning new things. Share about that a little bit. Thank you so much for bringing this point up. I really can't stress this enough that it's unfortunately a common misconception that people can think that I'm just born smart. Everything comes easy to me. And I don't have to work that hard for it. And I just want to say that those people, those people who think that are wrong. I work so hard to get to where I am right now. And I actually work even harder because of those people. I have to prove myself to them. Yeah, I think that's a very important point to make. It's funny. When I first heard you say that, I was like, Adam, I feel the same way, you know, like I don't have as much talent as you do, but I've also worked very hard. Actually, I always tell this story when I was a kid, you know, I was like a cute kid. I was blonde. I had green eyes. And in this part of the world, you know, I'm Lebanese. People really love that. They're like, oh my God, she's so cute and you're so beautiful. And I remember my mother would tell me when I was old enough to understand it, of course, she would say, you know, when people give you comments about how you look, that's not really a comment to you because you were born that way. But if you really want to deserve the comment, if you want people to say good things about you, then you have to work hard at them. You have to work harder at school. You know, you have to be a better human. You have to be kind. Then you really deserve these things. And when you talked about it, I was like, I feel that way too. You know, people sometimes look at other people who maybe are succeeding at something and they think, oh, this just comes easy to them. And the truth is it doesn't. It looks like it's easy because you work so hard to make it look that way, right? And, uh, and that really struck with me when you said that. And I think another thing that I really want us to talk about too is uh, whether you like it or not, you're really an inspiring person. You know, like when I meet you and talk to you, I'm inspired to do more uh, and to push myself. And even now just reading some of the comments, you know, 
that people are leaving. Uh, Rhea says, Adam's enthusiasm and outlook is contagious, you know, and I know that it's really important for you to also be able to inspire people. What is the best advice that you could give people listening to us today about how they can change the world in the same ways that you're doing it? Honestly, well, for some people, I'm not saying this is for all people, but for some people, it's a mind switch. And that's actually a really key part of who I am. I have a growth mindset. And what a growth mindset is, is you believe in yourself that you can do things if you put your mind to it. So you just have to flip that switch in your mind. It's one thing that I know is not that simple to do, but it really works. Yeah, I really think that changing the way you look at the world is usually the trick, right? But it's really hard. What do you do on days where you're not feeling the growth mindset? What do you do to re-motivate yourself? To re-motivate myself? Well, sometimes I turn to my support network and my family. My family is really amazing at like talking to me and helping me deal with this and re-motivate myself. So I'd like to thank them for that. Oh, that's such a beautiful thing. And again, an incredible piece of advice. You know, the older you get, the more you think you have to do things on your own and you have to be independent and you can't ask for help. And that's why we have support networks and families and friends so that we can uh, turn to them when we're having a bad day. And so, again, I think a really valuable piece of advice right there. The next thing I want to ask you is a question that, you know, we kind of ask all of our guests and then we can riff on off of that is if I ask you to complete the sentence and tell me why you choose the words that you choose, what would you say? So if I say the future of learning is, what are the words that you would complete it with? Well, I have two options for that necessarily. The first option is exciting. I'm really excited for the future of education. You know, I'm excited to see what it is. But if I can, I'm also excited to shape what it is. And my second one, the future of education is limitless. There are infinite possibilities of how it can change for the better. So I just like to look at it that way. I think that's incredible. A few more comments I want you to hear. So Rama um, is tuning in all the way from LA. I think there's like a 12 hour difference or something. It's probably like really early morning for her right now. Uh, and she, she put that in the comments and I thought you should know uh, how many people you motivate um, to come in and join you and, and meet you. Um, was there anything else as you were thinking about today, you said, oh, I really want to be talking about that when we get on, on center stage that you want to share with everybody? I mean, I just want to like tell you all Thanks for tuning in necessarily. Like it really like I feel that. Like I'm thankful. Yeah. I think everybody's also very grateful that you take the time. I could barely get through school without having all these extra responsibilities, right? And I think everybody's grateful that you're also pushing yourself and sticking to that work ethic and, and showing up for everybody. Uh, Rama has a question for you. Rama is actually the founder of a platform called Edseed. And what they do is that they help fundraise and, and get like in-kind donations to support students who uh, come from disadvantaged backgrounds and, and particularly refugees. Um, so people who really have a hard hard life to begin with, and they help them to gain access to education and, you know, get into university, get into schools, be able to sustain themselves and their families. And Rama's asking you, what would you say to the students that she supports? Those kids that aren't as lucky as we are to wake up in a home with, with a roof over their heads and they still have to battle it in every day. Uh, what would you say to them? What would I say to them? Well, I would say that just you having to put up with all this, 
that is insane. And I know you're not quite as lucky as us, but with Edseed, things will change your life. So you'll be able to have an education that you should be looking forward to that when it does implement. I really hope you found my conversation with Adam as inspirational as I did. And I think to close this episode, I want to reflect on something Adam and I discussed. The fact that even though he's gifted, he really works 10 times as hard as anybody else to make sure that he deserves the praise that he gets. It really felt very close to home when Adam and I discussed that. When people are hardworking and successful, other people looking from the outside, they don't see the hard work. You know, it's like that metaphor of a duck on a lake and all you see is the duck gliding. But the truth is underneath, it's working really, really, really hard. You just can't see it. And so I just want to invite you to find somebody in your life that you find inspirational, that you think always get things right, and just tell them how proud you are of them today. Trust me, they really need to hear it. My name is Marilyn Zachauer, and you are listening to Center Stage, a podcast where we explore the bold ideas around the future of work and learning. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast. And maybe you can tell us how proud you are of us by leaving a review. Also, follow our company, Cosmic Centers, on CosmicCenters.com or on social channels including LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cosmic Centors, C-O-S-M-I-C-C-E-N-T-A-U-R-S. My team and I are constantly creating content, frameworks, articles to support you in leading your team in the new world of work. And I'll see you all in our next episode where I'll be joined by Rhea Shadid my co-host on my other podcast, Who Run the World. Go ahead, press pause, find us in the feed and subscribe. Who Run the World, like the Beyonce song. And in our upcoming episode, we talk about whether remote work helps or hinders women from shattering the glass ceiling.